Welcome back to the MCU Exchange Podcast. Uh, this is Caleb and Adam and Rhiannon coming back to you, or in our timeline, staying back with you. Uh, we're recording this a week ahead of time, so as you listen to this, this will be a week old. Uh, if something crazy happened last week uh, in the MCU and you're wondering why we didn't talk about it, it's because it hasn't happened yet as of recording. So we want you guys to still have an episode every week. So that's what we're up to. So, um, And if that big announcement was the Black Widow movie, I'm going to be so psyched. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to Vegas with Rihanna if it was the Black Widow movie. So, um, As this is going to hit you, um, we're assuming that Iron Fist is really close to coming out. Uh, I think we're going to probably release this podcast a little early so that it'll actually be a preview of Iron Fist. If we release at our usual time, you'll be binging Iron Fist instead of listening to this podcast. So uh, we want to talk about everything Iron Fist, kind of get you ready for the show, talk about what we're expecting and all that kind of stuff. So um, let's start out with, uh, we'll just start out with the bad news. Uh, Adam, Rhiannon, we are getting the first reviews of this show and they are not good. They are almost universally bad. Um, is this bothering you? Are you worried about this? Uh, has it kind of dampened your excitement for the show? How are you processing the fact that we're getting so many bad reviews? I mean, I love what I love, and I want everybody to love all of these shows. You know, I want the Netflix universe to be... I want it to be supremely successful so they make a million of these series... Because once I'm emotionally invested in characters, I want to see them over and over again. So, but on the other hand, these reviews, I think um, Jeremiah with our, uh, with the MCU Exchange pointed out that a lot of these reviews have really bad headlines. But once you get into the review, they're saying it's okay. You know, it's not the best, you know, it's not like people were talking about Luke Cage or like they were talking about Jessica Jones. But they're not saying that it's Suicide Squad. Um, and I think as long as the MCU stays above Suicide Squad reviews, I'll be able to get excited about it. So I'm not letting it get me down. And I'm hoping that enough other people give it a chance too. Well, and you mentioned that anathema of movies, Suicide Squad. You know, like, that was a movie that got panned, but was somewhat commercially successful. So, there's a lot of people that enjoy that movie and went to watch that movie. So, we always have to remind ourselves that critics aren't necessarily an indicator of even popularity or success. You know, it might be that a ton of people will watch the show even though the critics didn't like it, you know? And the critics loved Luke Cage. And I loved the amount of Luke Cage that the critics got. But once we got beyond that, I didn't love the series. So I'm okay if we all kind of slow burn into this being a good show. If it ends on a really awesome note. Yeah. Adam, do you have any thoughts about these reviews so far? We live in a world where on Rotten Tomatoes, Iron Fist has a 14% and Riverdale is certified fresh with an 87%. What in the heck's going on? What on earth? It's, it's, 
the reviews are over episodes one through six, which with the exception of Luke Cage, I, I mean, one through six have been typically slow across the board, you know? I mean, and then Luke Cage, I mean, Luke Cage was very, very strong in the first half of the season. And then the second half of the season, I almost lost interest, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to watch Iron Fist. If I had to choose five superheroes um, to read comics, um, Iron Fist would be one of those five. You know, he's just one of my favorite superheroes. I'll watch it. I think we all know what the root cause behind the bad reviews are. Um, and if you take out that cause, I mean, it, they, every every review says it's it's slow burning and and what I'm just reading this more shockingly under oh it's underwhelming says says Eric Eisenberg. Um, it's these guys are, are reviewing just the first half of the season and I'm not worried about it. I mean, I'll probably like it regardless. Um, just because I'm the type of guy that actually didn't mind suicide squad. <laughs> so it's, I, I'm not worried about it. I, it's, it, it is what it is. You know, people are, are, <sighs> It's it's frustrating. I almost made a comment, you know, last week when we were uh, when we were making last week's podcast with reader uh, readers' powers. Anything he read was true. I was going to say, well, luckily I don't have those powers because all I've read this week are bad Iron Fist reviews. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not worried about it. I'm probably going to crank it all out and. Uh, in 24 hours, like the huge, so I'm not worried about it. Go Iron Fist. Um, yeah. And I think you brought up a good point. I mean, like, I feel... I don't know. I mean, I... I think I had a lot more free time leading up to Luke Cage, so I saw a lot of Chio Hodari Coker, the showrunner for that show. Like, he did really good hyping that show. I mean, he was in love with that character and he went out and he went to San Diego Comic-Con and in all of the reviews you heard everything about I am about to give you the bulletproof black man that America needs and he had this solid message and like before I mean well I guess we got the San Diego clip pretty early but like it was something for everybody to sort of unite around it gave those reviewers a message to get behind. I can't tell you anything Scott Buck has said about the series to get me excited. I mean, I'm excited about it. Do not get me wrong. I mean, I have like audio from me at San Diego Comic Con screaming my I mean at New York Comic Con screaming my head off. But as far as the message of the show, I think the hype hasn't been as well positioned right. I think uh, I mean not not in, like the previews like the visuals and stuff but just like the message like why should we get excited about this show well, it's a billionaire white boy right yeah that, that feels oppressed I think just to add on to that a little bit Rhiannon you talked about how Chio was all over the place to talk about Luke Cage and where's Scott Buck Scott Buck is in Honolulu living in a hotel room shooting in humans. 
right? Like, I don't know how much this affects things, but he's out there creating a new show. And from the looks of it, he's knee deep in trying to get that thing ready to go and moving. And so he's just not available to do that kind of stuff. Um, and so I think that's, that's part of the issue. Um, True. let's jump into, I was going to do this later, but let's go ahead and talk about this now. Hopefully this isn't feeling like too much of a downer, but I think this is important to talk about how the reviews are coming out and what's happening. Um, very early on, there was a lot of controversy because there were many people that felt like Danny Rand should be um, cast in this show with an Asian American or an Asian actor instead of a, you know, a white actor. And that was a pretty pervasive thought. There was a big movement for it. And then Marvel decided not to go that way. They stayed with their original source material and cast Finn Jones. Um, And it's been, it's been a big deal from day one. The, production of this show and the discussion of this show has been heavily affected by that issue and that controversy. I'm a little leery to talk about this on the podcast because people are so hot about it. So let me just put some, some early um, boundaries on this. And I think you guys will agree. Let me know if you don't. First of all, I think all three of us would agree that we want to see more diversity in Hollywood. We want to see more diversity on television. And we all think that it's a very good and appropriate and kind of moral thing to see actors who are people of color or come from a different background have opportunities to do stuff like be on one of these Netflix shows and all that. Right? I think we're all on that page, right? Correct. Yes. Um, but I think the other side of this is there's the possibility that the pursuit of that becomes kind of all consuming and it becomes the only thing that people will talk about. And even reading these Rotten Tomato reviews that um, Adam brought up, like there's some of them where the racial controversy on the casting is like the central point of the review. So, you know, trying to keep a balance to all that stuff and trying to be respectful of that conversation, do you guys feel like, is it possible that this show is getting less credit than it deserves because people are so upset about the decisions that were made that they're really not even telling us anything about the show, they're just telling us what they feel about the casting? I think there's two things. One, I mean, one, people have been negative about the show since it didn't exist. I mean, from day one, there were rumors that Marvel, you know, somebody's sister's brother's uncle had a beer with somebody that works at Marvel and said that Iron Fist was scrapped. I mean, this show, nobody has thought they would be able to bring it to the screen. Nobody thought they would be able to get it to work in the Marvel universe, get it to work in the Netflix universe. You know, there hasn't been any positive mindset about this show by the public at all. And then, and then what was my number two? Oh, the racial. We don't know what 
you know, we don't know what story or, or what perspective they're really taking. Again, Scott Buck didn't come to this as a fan. When he was approached to be showrunner, when Jeff Loeb approached him to be showrunner, he did not know who Iron Fist was. So we have no idea what angle, what direction he's taking the story. Everybody involved with the show. I mean, of course, people involved with the show have to be positive about the show. But everyone involved in it has said that it's going to be a diverse storyline. It's going to, you know, put these worries at ease. I am going to wait to judge. I, I think, yes, that has put a negative light on the whole thing, but it wasn't the first negative light on this whole concept. Um, so if your question is, did that, the, did that, do I think the, the racial issue lead to the negative reviews? I think that's very positive. I, I think that's very possible. I think there's been a negative connotation towards the show since before it existed yeah it you said you hit the nail on the head i mean it, it was fighting an uphill battle you know from the very very beginning and yeah you know uh, on marvel's end it, it's kind of a lose-lose you know because you have the you have on one side, if you stay comic book accurate uh, with Danny Rand, you know, it's considered the whitewashing aspect of it. But then on the other side of it, if you cast an Asian in the role, you know, you have, oh, you're not staying comic book accurate and you're, you know, that's like a stereotypical cast, you know. So it's, it, it was a, um, uphill battle from the very beginning you know and and some of the reviews are calling it like a a really slow burn and a, a slow moving thing and i just can't get over that because uh, the majority of netflix shows are that way i mean i'm not sure if you two watched the oa but i thought that was very 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 slow and that's typically well regarded um but yeah I'm going to watch it. Obviously, I'm going to uh, form my own judgment. It is unfortunate that the the early reviews are this poor. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not going to hurt Marvel's feelings at all because they can do whatever the heck they want. You know, their their worst property in Iron Fist is still a million times better than Suicide Squad or Batman vs Superman. <laughs> So we're just we're just yeah. encouraging the flame war here. So <laughs> no, I, I mean I, I love I love DC Comics, man. DC's killing in the comics game. You know, you I was reading the report the other day. I think Marvel only had two comics in the top twenty, and there was maybe one or two indie comics, but the other sixteen were were DC Comics in the top twenty selling comics. You know, of the month of February. So. Obviously, the money's probably not in the comics, but I like DC Comics, man. I I have more DC Comics on my pull list each week than I have Marvel. So don't call me a, a Marvel fanboy. I like them both. DC just and Warner Brothers just needs to get some stuff figured out. I think that's mutually agreed upon. Yeah. Going back to this Iron Fist stuff, um, 
I think the tension here is seen in the con um the comments by um uh is it Jessica Henwick um who's playing Colleen Wing? Yes. Um when she talks about the role that she has, she said, you know, I try to stay away from characters that are stereotypical Asian characters. And I wasn't really sure about taking this role because I knew she was a martial arts expert and I just didn't love the way that kind of felt. Okay, well, she's showing you the flip side of this. She's showing you the problem if they had turned this into a story about an Asian actor is that Asian actor may have felt the same kind of discomfort that she felt about being, you know, this kind of Bruce Lee kind of character you know what i'm saying like she's expressing that even in the promotion of the show and so it does cut both ways and we see that it cuts both ways um an example of this you know we had this deal we still aren't sure if peter dinklage is definitely in infinity war or not but they have said that he might be pip the troll and a lot of people said, oh, that's so stereotypical. You hired a little person to be a troll. How offensive that is. You're just playing into all these old stereotypes. Well, if they had hired a guy who is six foot five to play a character who in the comics is four and a half feet or five feet tall, then there would have been people screaming up and down, oh, this is a role that should go to a little person. And there's you know, how dare you take a role that should go to a little person and give it to somebody who's six foot tall. You're taking away opportunities from those actors. And it really is a no-win thing. Like, I do believe that if Marvel had cast this as an Asian man, then the idea of like, oh, well, the lawyer's a white guy and the PI is a white lady, but a martial artist martial arts expert has to be an Asian guy. That's so stereotypical. Like that would have happened. We would have had those articles that would be happening on Twitter. Again, we know this because last week we saw people on Reddit complaining about an Asian actor playing Karnak, even though Karnak isn't as much a martial arts guy as Iron Fist. And people were saying it was stereotypical and offensive that Marvel would do that. So people are going to be offended about this stuff, no matter what. Now, that doesn't mean I think they made the right choice. Um, when I hear these ideas of what if Danny Rand is a second or third generation Chinese American who's returning to his homeland or, you know, is experiencing Asian culture as an American who has that ethnic background, I think that's fascinating and if I was Marvel, that's the story I would have told because that does feel more exciting and more interesting and a good spin and unique. And I love that. But I'm not a TV producer. I'm not a TV writer. And I'm not, Marvel's not hiring me that, to do this. And so I'm always a little dubious about the idea that all these people sitting home at their couches tweeting know better than the people that make these shows. And I just, I'm never a fan of criticizing an artist because they didn't choose to make the decisions you wanted them to. You know, like 
Johnny Cash is okay, but he should have made pop music. Well, he's not a pop artist. That's not what he's into. Like, he chose to make country music. And so me second-guessing that and telling somebody else how to make the show, I just don't know how I feel about that. And it seems like a lot of the criticism I'm seeing is you didn't make the artistic decisions that I would have made. And to me, that's not a criteria for ripping down something. Now, if we watch it, and this is crummy, then I'm with you, okay? Like, in the end, if you say the decisions you made, you had every right to make, but it turned into a bad show and you executed it poorly, that's fine. But second-guessing every decision that's made just drives me kind of nuts. You know, does that, does that all seem fair? Does that make sense? Absolutely Absolutely. perfect. Yeah. And that's not to say, I mean, like we all agree. And I mean, like, as you said in the beginning, but I just feel like we need to say it again. We all understand that representation matters. And none of us are against diversity. I mean, I would be just as psyched. I'm getting up at 3 a.m. on Friday and watching it as soon as it drops, no matter what. And no matter who they casted, because so far they have not done any wrong. But, I mean, as far as they have not artistically made decisions that I couldn't get excited about. I keep thinking, um, I, I I follow this white actor, Christ- Christopher Gorham, and he did this weird YouTube play. It, it was a play, but they did it on YouTube, where he was doing acting it was asian culture he had a role in it like if you described it it could almost be iron fist but the play was called yellow face and the whole plot was this white man gets put in asian you know in this it's that they actually this actor mistakes him for being asian and casts him in an asian role and the drama that unfolds on that because he actually thought he was Asian and he wanted an Asian person in this role. But I keep thinking about that and I'm like, for all we know, that's the story, we're, the type of story we're going to see in Iron Fist. That's the type of story they've talked about bringing us. You know, and I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit sad that in the first six episodes, they obviously didn't clear this up or make it clear. But from the beginning, what I've heard is we're going to show that it's uncomfortable for a white person to be appropriating Asian culture. And I'm hoping that that is what we see. And we're reserving judgment, I think. If we watch this and they don't deal with that and they kind of lied to us in the promo about, hey, we're going to deal with those issues and they don't then I think we'll be fine slamming that in a week or two when we review the show. You know, like, we'll be happy to say that we're not happy with what they've done, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Sadly. I'll be very, very sad about slamming anything about this. So, just... Okay, this is a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but... um, Do you think it's possible that um, they knew that this was going to be a problem and they have put Iron Fist at this place in the schedule for the sake of knowing that the Defenders around the corner 
And if this goes terribly wrong three or four months from now, the whole thing will be like washed out of our mouths because of defenders. I don't think so. I think they needed additional time to figure out how they were going to pull it off. We do know that they originally planned for Iron Fist to be after Jessica Jones and then Luke Cage to tie it all up. But what they say is that Luke Cage was so popular in Jessica Jones, they wanted to move up his timeline. Right. I I don't believe that. We also know that Jeff Loeb was talking to everybody about being in charge of the show. We know he approached um, Kevin Smith. We know, I mean, so I'm assuming he, I mean, I assume Kevin Smith wasn't the top of his list, but I, maybe he was. I, I I like Kevin Smith, but he hasn't been a showrunner. Who, who understands um, Asian culture as well as Kevin Smith, right? <laughs> right, right. But he's a comic book fan. I mean, he right. would have come at it from a fan standpoint, which ultimately um, is why Kevin turned it down. Was He was like, I, I can only look at this as a fan. I can't look at it in a unique way. Um, and evidently, Jeff was looking for people, you know, I mean, like, they look for people that are going to have a going to have a unique take on these shows um so i don't you know i think the i I think it's probably where it is in the lineup because they had a hard time figuring out what was gonna what it was gonna be yeah that's my optimistic view of everything but yeah defenders will wash the taste out of everybody's mouth yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of this, is, like, even if this goes terribly wrong, even if two weeks from now we're, you know, crying in our footy pajamas, like, at least we know that hopefully this will all get cleaned up somewhat, and this character will work a little better when he's in the context of the team, so. Um, let's go ahead and be a little more positive. What are um, what are the things you guys are looking forward to? Adam, like... What what's um what's the thing that you're looking for as you come into this series? Uh Shallow the Dragon. I'm still holding out optimism. There is going to be a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> still hold out hope, man. That's that's the thing. There's gotta be a dragon. Please be a dragon. Please be a dragon. But it's Iron Fist is one of my characters, you know, one of my favorite characters. You know, the immortal Iron Fist run. Uh, by Fraction and Brie Baker. Uh, that's one of my favorite comic runs of all time, man. It's it's a good story. It's it's great, you know. Um, I'm now, looking forward. Let me ask you real quick. Do you like do you like more serious Danny Rand or do you like more comedic Danny Rand? Because I feel like the character's a little schizophrenic in some of the comics I've read. Yeah, that's in uh, Walker and Green's run that's going on now. It's almost over the top comedy, but in the even in Immortal Iron Fist, uh, he was kind of the the smartass type of funny. You know, he still he wasn't an all he wasn't Batman serious. You know, he was making funny quips here and there. So he's not entirely serious, I guess. At least in uh, the runs I've read. Um. Yeah. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. I'm concentrating too. No, I'm concentrating too much on the damn dragon. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to uh, Madame Gal finally being revealed as the crane mother. So that would be cool. Spoiler. 
Ah, it's a theory. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 one of those things where it's gotta be though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be. I mean, I tried pausing the uh, pausing the trailer. That's her fighting Colleen Wing in the uh, alley. I'm fairly confident it is. See, if that's actually happening, and that's happening in the first six episodes, you know, like, these reviews are like, oh, it's kind of dry and boring. That's enough excitement for at least two or three episodes worth for me, you know? Like, I'm going to be pumped well, about that, you know? And what's in the trailer isn't necessarily in the first six episodes. I mean, the trailer, right. I know the original Daredevil trailers, they showed stuff all the way through, like, episode 11. And... Uh, Jessica Henwick's AOL build interview that I guess came out last week on uh, Thursday, the day that we're recording this, but when this airs last week on Thursday, um, she said something about there being a kick-ass fight scene in like episode seven. Right. So it's possible that she heated up just after the press stopped getting to see stuff. Yeah, also, we should also mention that for all the bad reviews, we've noticed at MCU Exchange that um, there's apparently been a few kung fu movie enthusiast sites that have gotten to see some advanced copies, which, if you're listening, Netflix, if you're giving those guys copies, could we please see this over at MCU Exchange? Okay, off that. But anyways, like, <laughs> there's these kung fu websites that are writing about it, and they love it. So it's kind of weird to hear like just your average critic say, oh, it's kind of boring. The action isn't that good. But then people who really love Kung Fu are saying, oh, no, this is a good show. Like, that's kind of bizarre, it seems like. Wait, yeah. do you mean to tell me that Kung Fu websites love the fight scenes and some person from Variety says they're very bad fight scenes? What's going on? <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe they were just wishing it was Gilmore Girls or something. Who knows? <laughs> Here's another thing. Unexceptional cinematography. What about when he punches the floor and everything gets bust to hell? I mean, I thought that looks great. I would say that's exceptional cinematography. But, I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, maybe the biggest thing, I mean, just think about it. If Madame Gal is confirmed as the crane mother, I mean, that has huge possibilities from the future. She's from another dimension <laughs> you know she's from kun z so i mean that confirms that we could see uh uh immortal iron fist type deal where it's very mystical and they they go to essentially heaven and hell you know to to fight people you know so i mean it might be a little thing to, to one of the journalists that oh, she's the crane mother who in the heck's that you know but i mean that's that ends up with pr pretty big ramifications, you know, that just expands this cinematic universe that much bigger. There's, there's seven cities of heaven. Well, there's an eight city. That's a spoiler by the way, but the seven cities of heaven, you know, there's so much stuff out there and I don't know. I'm just exciting myself. I'm super excited now. Maybe we should just stop and I'll block all iron fist reviews. So <laughs> See, you got me. See, you got me excited on a different reason. So, I'm one of the people. I, I, I'm like the only person, I guess, that didn't love the Immortal Iron Fist run. <gasps> I actually, yeah. I mean, I feel like I just have to get that off my chest. I feel a little bit better now. 
Um, and it's not, I mean, it was one of my first comics. Like, when I finished Daredevil, I went into my local store, and they were like, well, if you're watching the Netflix stuff and you enjoy Daredevil, here, buy this. And I bought, like, a whole Immortal Iron Fist, like, all at once. And I just couldn't get through it. And I mean, like, now if I went back, maybe I'd, maybe I'd be better. But it just, the Seven Cities thing and all that, it just never grabbed me. So... When these reviews come out that say it's like a drama about boardroom politics and, you know, billion dollar company, you know, the politics behind the board and stuff, like, I'm more comfortable with that because I'm like, oh, we'll get to see Jerry Hogarth being awesome again. Maybe Marcy will be in it because... We know she's working with Hogarth now. Maybe we'll learn where Foggy is. Maybe there'll be this world that I'm comfortable with. And it won't be because I've been expecting it to be a lot of that, like going back and us seeing the other worlds. And I know we will in some way, but um, I'm getting a little more excited about it not being what you're really hoping it'll be. Yeah, at this point, I don't even know. I, I, the thing is, I just don't think it's going to be that much Immortal or Iron Fist because I just think that's all really high budget. Like, it's just expensive. And so, I don't know. I just don't... I don't know if that'll happen. But we'll see. Maybe. I... You know, my thing coming in, we're talking about what we're excited about. I'm just crazy excited about Madame Gao and hopefully finding out more. Like, as these Netflix shows have gone on, she is my favorite character I think in all of the Netflix shows like her and Ben Urich maybe are the two favorites like I just find something so fascinating and the actress has been so poised like how this little old lady still kind of terrifies every person in the room you know like I just love how they built that up like Kingpin is like I'm not going to cross her. I know that that would be a mistake. And so I find that really interesting. And Matt seems to have some real respect for her when he's in the room with her. So, like, finding out more about who she is. Uh, the costume designer for Iron Fist was saying today that they tried to dress her, like, from the time of the Chinese terracotta soldiers because she might be as ancient as those are, which is... Like, what? Okay, what's going on there? What's happening? I just think that'll all be really interesting. Um, and I also think if it really is a deal where they develop his relationship with the hand, I think we could find out that some of the mysteries that have been going on for the last 12 months that Daredevil Season 2 never explained, that maybe we're going to get some of that in this series. So that'll be kind of interesting as well. Yes, yes. A million times yes. Tie up those plot holes. So I guess which if we're... My, oh, go ahead. Uh, which my theory on those plot holes from Daredevil is that the giant pit is... That Iron Fist will start with Danny Rand climbing out of that to get out of Conlon. And that's why he's all dirty while he's running around in his poncho thing. Oh. It's because he climbed out of the Daredevil pit. That's interesting. Mm. Put that with my Black Widow prediction from last week. Absolutely. Let's, <laughs> let's put some money down on this stuff. 
so I feel like what we're kind of saying out of this is you're getting ready for Iron Fist. Worst case scenario is it's a kind of boring show that doesn't have the best action and does not justify the choice of Finn Jones as Danny Rand. And we're just thankful that it's over and we hope Defenders fixes it. But best case scenario is they're going to be aware enough to address the um, the racial controversy in a meaningful way and kind of develop a world that kind of deals with those questions, but also create a show that is disliked by the critics mostly because it's so fanboy-y. You know, like there's just so much comic-y stuff that that kind of feels bland to the average individual, but comic fans love it. I feel like that's kind of the scenario where we've painted today. Does that seem about right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Because the reality is, I, I think there's a lot of fans that like Darede- Daredevil Season 2 more than they like Daredevil Season 1, even though the critics pretty universally liked Season 1 better. You know? So. All right. Um, it is late. We have now done two podcasts in a row. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about Iron Fist before it hits uh, Netflix? whatever time relationship to when this is released to March 17th. Well, I'm actually going to get to see the first episode on Tuesday night. Cause I got a Marvel unlimited pass Ooh. for the special fan of him, which is usually with the red carpet as well. So if anybody like needs to talk spoilers about the first episode and stuff, are you going to work got, anything up for the website? Things. Just like even a spoiler-free like, review of... Not even a review, but just like, I don't know, to give us an impression a couple days out of what you're thinking? We'll see. Yeah. 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 That'd be cool. I might, I might be taking Doug with me. He might be going as well. One of our other writers at the website. Oh, yeah. You guys um, should do it, a live reaction video. Like, yes. set up at a shawarma place afterwards and just, like, <laughs> dish about how you felt about it. That would be awesome. My goal is to find every shawarma place in New York City, by the way. But that's... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take my... um. If it won't get me banned from going in the theater, I'll take... I have a podcast recorder, a portable podcast recorder, and try to get some thoughts with Doug. If I, I'm not certain I'll have the second ticket yet, but yeah. if I do... We'll do something. That's cool. All right, Adam, any final thoughts on Iron Fist? No, I'm excited. I just made myself all excited. Hopefully that can carry over for a full week. But You sound excited. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Cautious optimism. I'm actually just kind of bummed because I didn't get a Marvel Unlimited pass, but I'm just going to brush that off and act like that never happened. I'm guessing right? that they don't do advanced showings in Iowa. I could be wrong, yeah, no, but I'm guessing I that's unlikely. I can't believe they don't. You know, there's there's New York City, there's Los Angeles, and Des Moines, Iowa. I mean, those are the big three media markets in the U.S., right? <laughs> right. They did um, Daredevil Season 2. They did one in, like, Toronto. Well, Toronto's a real place. Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. People live in Toronto. 
Well, I tell you what, if you can get here on Tuesday and I have the guest pass, like, I'll tell Doug, screw it. Adam gets that pass. Oh. I don't think my horse gallops far enough. <laughs> you you should be careful. It's a good thing that I'm in Florida or else maybe I would drive down. So, yeah. Uh. All right. Well, we are very tired. Thank you for listening to the show. As always, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, leave us comments on SoundCloud or on the website or hashtag MCUXPod. Um, feel free to uh, share some of your thoughts. We're not sure exactly how we're going to do this yet because I haven't decided. Um, I'm leaning towards... Um, the first week after Iron Fist comes out that we'll maybe talk about the first um, like six or seven episodes and we'll do a segment that's spoiler free and then a segment that has spoilers and then the next week we'll do the back half of episodes and again do spoiler free and spoilers. Uh, I thought about just doing spoiler free one week and spoilers the second week but I think it may be better to split it into chunks so that people who are through the first six or seven episodes can listen to all the commentary instead of having to miss half the episode. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Rhiannon, Adam, you want to say goodbye to the folks and then we'll be we'll be done. Bye, guys. If you have hate mail for us, send it to me at Shot Up a Drone on Twitter. <laughs> That's right. We if talked about have- it ahead of time. If you're angry yeah. about anything we said about these controversies, it's all Rhiannon's fault. Yeah. And Adam has already checked out, so... Oh, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I you're was fine, reading man. stuff on Twitter. I'm sorry. Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, I do apologize in advance if Brad Dalton's an iron fist. <laughs> and we'll end on a high note. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Bye.